All right, you've tuned in to the Free Range Human Show of Choice, your daily dose of reality radio. It starts right now. This is the Clay Edwards Show. I am, of course, Clay Edwards. We are live on 103.9 FM WYAB here locally in central Mississippi. We're streaming worldwide at WYAB.com as well as the TuneIn app and Alexa. Just search WYAB. Of course, if you miss any of this, you want to go back and listen at a later date, the podcast will always be available 24-7, 365, worldwide, at well, at anywhere you listen to podcasts, download music, videos, any of that stuff. Just search my name, Clay Edwards Show. If you listen to it on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever you want to call that, give your boy a five-star review. Say a nice word or two. The algorithm does help. Uh, it does favor those five-star reviews. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button, hit the share button. All of those things help us a lot. Get the message out there so we can do this to a bigger audience. All right, here in the studio with me this morning is a good old buddy of mine, another fellow South Jacksonian that, seems, that apparently all this guy can do is win elections. Just He just keeps winning. He's like, all I do is win, 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 no matter what. I have got DeKeither Stamps here in the studio with me. Our new, is it Central District? Correct. Central District Public Service Commissioner. And I mean, look, I've watched this guy's political career from Jackson City Council to State Representative to now Public Service Commissioner. DeKeither, good morning, brother. Good morning, brother. How you doing? Man, I'm doing good. Man, I'm happy to be here. I'm, I'm happy to have you here. Uh, every, anytime we've had conversations, they've always been great. Yep. And uh, I, don't, I don't expect this one to be any different. Oh, we're going to have a ball today. Hey, let's jump straight in. Uh-huh. And, and, I, and we'll circle back to some stuff. I want to hear about your time in the Marines and flying around with Bill Clinton. I've, I've heard the story, but I know that yeah. a lot of people haven't. And I think they'll really enjoy that. But let's jump in. Why did it take, what, almost a week for them to decide that you won this election? Uh, I guess people want to check and check twice and count over and make sure all the I's are dotted and T's are crossed. And, you know, so we, we don't care how long it takes. Yeah. We just want to just win. Yeah. So I was looking at the numbers and maybe they changed, but it looks like you lost by about 22 or 2300 last time. Right. And then you won by that, about that same amount, give or take a few votes yeah. this time. So what That's about right. a little, about a 5,000 vote, 4,500 vote swing? Uh, when we, when we, um, lost our election four years ago. We just say, hey, you need, we need to go make some more friends. So we just went back out and got in good people, responded, and brought this thing on home. Yeah, and look, I'll, appreciate it, brother. I'll say this. You and your opponent, Brent Bailey, were I, – I found myself at a lot of functions. Yeah. I saw you two guys at everything for the most part. And I was, you both ran a hell of a race. And you came out on top, and uh, we're happy for you. And uh, mm-hmm. interesting. And I, look – what exactly, and I'm again, I'm just jumping straight in here. What exactly does a public service commissioner do? Because there, there was some, mm-hmm. there was some confusion uh, from my audience during the Jackson water crisis, and people felt like the public service commissioner was responsible for the for the water crisis. And I'm like, I, I don't think that's how it works. He's not responsible for the for the city provided utilities. Right. right. You know, he's he, he's over the they they manage the companies over the. You know, your energies, your atmos, that type stuff. Well, um, the Public Service Commission regulates the investor-owned electricity, private water sewer, um, independent telecommunications, natural gas, and pipeline safety. Those are the core functions. Now, beyond that, you regulate 
like in the city of Jackson's situation, the city council regulates inside the city. But when you get more than a mile outside the city, those customers in the Byram area and those kinds the, of things. What we would call the county. The county. Then now the changes to that portion of the system have to come through the Public Service Commission. So there's a toehold that the Public Service Commission has in reference to the Jackson water system, but not the core main part of it. Um, but they all have to come through you to, like, raise their rates. So if Jackson wants to raise his rates on those people that the Public Service Commission covers, then the city has to come before the commission. Yeah. So would you be working at all with the Jackson water, JXN water, Almost uh, Ted Hennepin and that right. crew? We're going we're to um, work with them and try to make some things that they're doing better and um, really try to bring the whole system back under state control uh, over time. I don't necessarily know if it's going to go back into Jackson control, but under state control is where we need to be. You know, look, I, I, I cut my teeth talking about Jackson stuff, and uh, I, I don't think right now Jackson, and, and I don't mean this even as a knock on people. I just think you're just looking at the facts as they have currently presented. Jackson doesn't need responsibility for anything extra that somebody else can do right now for them. I think they need to focus on – they seem to be. I like the police chief hire. Mm-hmm. I like I, I like Chief Wade. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like Chalkway has said we we got to fix this. Mm-hmm. You know, Capitol Police making us look bad. We got to fix this. Focus on the things you can focus on. If you can get that water off your off your to do list and let these guys come in and do that mm-hmm. water stuff, and you got that you got that federal money, let them do that. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and no no point in having anything extra. <laughs> to go on right now like get the same back to the basics mm-hmm. and, and move forward like that i agree yeah so what else been going on oh just working hard you know uh we out here trying to um get back around and thank people for their overwhelming support we just we're just appreciative of it all this has been a heck of a daggum ride for us and um and people have been asking me all the time like how in the heck do you take forty four thousand dollars and beat special interest groups and folks out of washington dc and all that and Hey, God and good people, baby. I think right now, and and, and that's 100% true, and I, I think there's a lot of public sentiment right now for feeling like everybody feels a little anti-establishment right now. Yeah. I, I, I think there's people just looked at it, look at everything and say, I won't change. You saw mm-hmm. it happen with the Hines County Board of Supervisors. Mm-hmm. You're about to see it happen in the White House. And you're going to see it happen in some other places. People just want to see change. They don't want to, like, anybody that feels like they're part of the machine, they want out of the machine. I think you just saw it happen down in Argentina with their, uh, their, with their new president who was elected, mm-hmm. who was a hardcore libertarian. Uh, he went straight in and said, we're, we're defunding all this nonsense, all this woke nonsense, stuff, stuff like that. I, I think you're going to, people want to get back to the basics. They want to get back to the liberties. And they feel like anybody that is doing anything against that, they want them gone. Look at the whole Public Service Commission. Yeah. Chris Brown up in the Northern District, he's not the establishment at all. We served together in the House. Mm-hmm. Um, the Southern District Commissioner had a flip there. So the whole Public Service Commissioner are three. All three flip. Independent-minded, just do what's best for the people and let's go to work kind of folks. So, um, you know, we, I'm, I'm going to have a great time. Yeah, I, I think people want to see that. Across the board, mm-hmm. I think they really do. It is. Uh, it's just time to. Well, the way we've been doing it, and not again. I'm not speaking to just the public service commission mm-hmm. here. I think about politics in general. What's been going on? Obviously, it's time for a change. And I think you, you know, getting people like yourself and letting people see that they can win. 
Mm-hmm. You know, because you were the underdog. Oh, all the way. All, all the way. <laughs> You're the underdog. I think that's healthy for politics. That's right. When the underdog wins. Just like it's healthy for sport. Nobody wants to be the Washington Generals. <laughs> Until you know, the Washington Generals beat Kansas City. Oh, no, no. I was talking about uh, the, the the team that the Globetrotters always play. Oh, my bad. All right. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, it's like you know the Globetrotters are going to win. You know, mm. nobody wants to be the Washington Generals, but, but you know, you got to have that underdog. I think yeah. that the Washington Generals, I think that's their. Oh, that's right. That's, that's right. Am I right? I'm commanders. Commanders. Yeah. Man, look, I, I know it's, it's, it's not politically correct anymore, but they will always be the Redskins to me. That's fine with me. I mean, I just, or Washington. I'm not a fan of, uh, of them anyway. I'm a Cowboys fan. So, so they're like our enemy. Oh, but. Lord. You're a Cowboys fan? I am, man. Uh, I, I was pretty. already a Cowboys fan before Dak got there. Then Dak got there, and it just it solidified. Okay. Now, I'm a glutton for punishment. Now, I just want Dallas to beat good teams. Me too. That's what. Because they got this roster to do it. <laughs> they got the offense, man. They got the offense to do it. But can you just stop beating the stank out of these, these you know, Carolina Panthers? And, and go toe to toe with San Francisco, I, man. I tell you what, I hope they get hot at the right. And I don't time. have a team. I don't. I, yeah. I, I think I like the sport. Yeah, but I just want Dallas. Just go be some good teams. Yeah, forever. I didn't really have a team. Right. You know, like I, I, I loosely liked the Cowboys. I loosely liked the Saints. Yeah. I was into fantasy football. I just loved football. Mm-hmm. And the COVID kind of broke me and it, it deprioritized sports for me. But with Dak still there, just being a Mississippi State fan, yeah. with Dak still there at, at the Cowboys, I'm like, man, I don't want to look back and f- have missed a big chunk of this dude's career, you know, because I'm kind of mm, on sports right now. They, they they showed an interesting stat yesterday. They said in seven years, I believe, since Dak's been there, he's thrown just about as many touchdown passes as Tom Brady did his first seven years. I saw that the other day. And I was like, what? I mean, like, minus the championships. Right. He has he has better statistics than Tom Brady on a lot of things. Of course, I never looked at Brady as like a statistic machine. I just thought right. he was a he was a great system quarterback. Then, of course, as he got older, you realize that he, he was the system. Right. You know that like he when he went and won that Super Bowl in Tampa Bay. Oh, gorilla. I mean, it's just everything was off the table <laughs> at that point. And then Belichick fell at the same time. It was like, what was it all Brady? Was the Patriot <laughs> way Brady? He beat Brady. You know. Uh, when you get somebody who just beats respect into you, whether you like them or not, mm-hmm. like somebody that punched you in the nose or whooped your butt or That's whatever, right. it's like, all right, all right, we good, dog. We good. <laughs> That's how I feel about Tom Brady. Yeah. Like, he just beat respect into me. I was like, yeah. I, I was forever. I hated the Patriots. Just, but, it, but you know what? You need a dynasty in sports every now and then because when somebody does beat them, that's right. It makes it, it makes it so much fun. It's like, this is why we play the game. That's right. Like when uh, Eli and them beat. And I was, I'm not an Eli fan necessarily, or I wasn't in college. Man, that, that one hurt, man. I wanted Randy Moss to get a Super Bowl ring, man. Me too. Yeah. Me too. That, I, it was of the, all folks, you know, I wanted him to get a Super Bowl ring. Is he the greatest wide receiver not named Jerry Rice? Oh, most definitely. Hands down. I, I agree. Hands, hands down. I mean, he's the greatest all time not named Jerry Rice. And uh, if he had had the consistency – uh, playing with the Patriots for as long as Rice did at Frisco, right. we might be having a different conversation about GOAT. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. All right, let's take a break real quick, come back. We've got your new Central District Public Service Commissioner, DeKeither Stamps in the studio. Guys, if you have any questions for DeKeither, you cool with taking some calls? Come on, come on bring it on. Uh, phone line's wide open, 601-879-0002. The Guns and Gear text line, 769-241-1940. Four. When we come back, I got an update on some weather today, some potential severe weather for this evening. So stay tuned for that. We'll be right back on WYAB.
Welcome back into the Clay Edwards Show. Hey guys, this segment is going to be brought to you by Lakeland Glass and Tent. Get over there, see them today for all of your automotive glass repair and replacement needs. And of course, you know that your home for window tent, whether it's your home, car, or business, Lakeland Glass and Tent can do it all. They also offer vinyl wraps. Turn your wall and inside your building, turn your windows into a huge billboard, or turn your vehicle into a rolling billboard with custom designs. Or hey, maybe you just want to go with that matte black color that's so popular right now. They can do all that stuff. But here lately, what we're really going to focus on for the next few months is telling you about their ceramic coatings and their paint protection film. They're Expel's number one installer in the country. That is saying something right there. Expel is a huge brand. And for their number one installer to be right here in central Mississippi is massive. So get over there and see them. They got all different levels of ceramic coating protection available, different packages. Um, So not everybody wants to go and do the higher-end lifetime warranty type stuff. So they have some 12-month packages and so on and so forth. Start your adventure at LakelandGlassAndTent.com. Get a quote. Talk to Jason and the team. See what works best for you and your vehicle. And uh, get it some protection. These winter months are just as bad on your paint on your vehicle's paint as the summer months in the sun are. All that road grime and everything else from all the wet weather and uh, crap on the roads. Your paint needs protection from that as well. So check them out. LakelandGlassAndTent.com. Get your ceramic coating done today. All right, here in the studio with me, my good friend, Mr. DeKeither Stamps. He's our new Central District Public Service Commissioner. DeKeither, one of the questions I know that you probably have been asked more than anybody else in the world is, DeKeither, why not run for Mayor Jackson? Help us save Jackson. And why, they, why you don't really have any interest in being mayor. You still want to help save Jackson. Mm-hmm. And you feel like the way to do that is through Public Service Commissioner, uh, getting help with the water and all of that stuff, and <clears throat> tell us what your plan is. Well, as far as the city of Jackson is concerned, uh, I've said since, what, 2014, that we have had people problems over the years, but no one's addressing the structural problem. And one of the structural problems that we brought to light is that the form of government that the city of Jackson operates under, I don't think it's the best form of government for the city. And that's what, that's weak mayor, strong Strong council, weak strong council, weak mayor. Strong mayor, weak council. It's it's the mayor council form of government. Yeah, and ninety seven percent of all the public corruption cases across the country come out of that form of government. And I'm not indicting anybody right now. I'm saying that we've chosen a system that is not necessarily yielding the best results across the country. And I believe that we should have the mayor council form of government which means that the mayor and the council will be one body. So you have four council people and a mayor. Mayor runs all the meetings. So now you've unified the leadership. It's always been this contentious leadership, mayor over here, council over here, since we've adopted this thing. Let's bring the leadership together, and then that group hires a competent professional, a city manager, and then that city manager in turn hires competent people to run the city. That's separate from the politics and that's the real problem is we're not hiring people that are competent and capable of running the Dadgum city. And we have to do that if we want to run the city competently. Oh, I mean, look, look no further than the debacle with uh, who's the guy, which department is it? The garbage. You Well, no, the garbage is a whole nother thing. 
uh, the, the the guy that runs um like the utilities and all that for the city public works public works right. you know that that's been a debacle. Yeah, so we just got work to do. You know, so six we had, guys in five years, and one of them quit twice. Yeah, so we just got work to do in that regard um, to help the city move forward better. And um, and I just believe that if we change the form of government, then we'll have a a a better structure to operate under. The government's too big. You know, it has seven council people. It should have four. And um, those districts, the population has decreased. With the mayor being the fifth, so you get your three twos, whatever you need. Right, yeah. right, right. You know, so the unified, the, the leadership needs to be unified. Um, and with the population decline, you shouldn't have all these council people anymore. You should have a, a better structure to move the city forward. Yeah. And the state forward, because the state's not moving forward, because Jackson's not moving forward. Yeah. And so now that's why you know, I want to, this position, the Public Service Commission, to... And I'm not saying the federal government's doing a bad job, but they're doing some potential rate hikes now. You know, so they're not necessarily going to be spending their money. They're going to be spending spending our money. And if we're going, they're going to be spending our money, then we need to in turn have some local control over that much money, especially if you're going to hike rates up that high. Yeah, uh, you got to have a. And that, that's a great point about the rates. You got to have a successful Jackson, right? Got to. And people are going, "Why? Why do you need a successful Jackson?" Well, because you got to have somewhere. An unsuccessful Jackson creates brain drain on the state. Almost oh, definitely. Because when you don't have somewhere fun and hip for younger people to, fresh out of college to move to a vibrant area, and look, they've done a great job in Fondren and Bellhaven. But at the end of the day. That's not enough to keep a whole group of people from leaving the state, a little trendy shopping street. You you need a vibrant downtown, all those apartments, single people, but they need something to do well, see these young while folks, they're down there. See, these young folks, they don't want a house and a car. They want a condo and a coffee shop and a yep. dog they can put in their purse. Yep. You know, and that, we got to build up. We've built out. Yep. We got to build up. Because we're competing with the Nashvilles and the Memphis and the New Orleans and the Atlanta and the Birmingham. So we're in the middle of all that, and our children are leaving. Now, we got work to do. And let's, I say let's build up, and the first thing we got to do is get the utilities underground right so that we can build up. And so that's why, I'm running for, that's why I ran for public service commissioner, because until we get this utility situation right, you don't build a better Jackson until you get quality water, quality sewer, and the broadband piece in place. That's a huge piece, the broadband stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, throughout throughout the state, right? I mean, but we learned that during COVID. And man, looking back, I'm not trying not trying to rehash COVID here, but to move the schools all online, and then to have to consider the rural areas that don't have high speed internet, right? How are those kids supposed to do this? You're outside of McDonald's, you know, trying to do your schoolwork, and none of this makes any sense, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, I, I'm a big supporter of the broadband. Now, I will say this: you got the Elon's. Um, it's not called SpaceX, but his his Starlink, Starlink right. which really, to me, kind of eliminates the need for this broadband initiative when you have the Starlink available. And it's a hundred and something dollars a month, whatever. But I guess you need it. You need it. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, you need all sorts, wired, wireless, satellite, um, but it's all necessary. Yep. Yeah. Hey, we got a question here from uh, Corinthian. She says, Cell Commissioner Stamps, congratulations for me. And I'm still working hard reforming municipal form of government. Yep. That's Corinthian Sanders. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, he he was a supporter of of that. Because we gotta look at the structural pieces. We always look at the personnel issues, 
But my military mind says, well, let's look at the structure of things and how it's functioning and, and, and that part as well. The whole thing to be retooled and changing the form of government in the city of Jackson would in turn give us the opportunity to basically rewrite all the rules in every office, determine all the personnel pieces to basically just redo the whole daggum city. The problem with that happening, I'm assuming, is there's going to be a couple of people who have to agree to no longer be part of the – have to step aside. And nobody's well, gonna want nobody's gonna want to be the one to step aside. I mean, but it's, it could be citizen driven. This is a this is something that the citizens will have to vote for. Yeah. And if it's on the ballot, I think the citizens will vote for changing something and making it better, no matter who they are. How do you get that on the ballot? Is there is there a, is there, is there a ballot initiative for local elections? The citizens can put forth a petition to do that, or the legislature can put it on the ballot. Um, for the next election and you know next year when we vote for president. So it would be interesting to see how that is spun on the campaign trail. You know as far as like who, who the, the, <laughs> does the city does the mayor see the benefit in it or does well, the, I've introduced this under several mayors. The, yeah. uh, Tony Yarbrough was the mayor when I first introduced it and he was like, "Hey, I've seen governments work both ways, so whatever the citizens want to do as long as I get to still be mayor." We're going to work with it. And, um, and, uh, and some other folks may have had a different opinion about it, but we need structural change in order to move the city forward. And, um, and that's what I'm pushing. You know, Kim Wade talks a lot in the afternoons about we just keep hiring people just because they have a degree, dropping them in the fire and thinking they're supposed to know what to do. And he's like, Man, we, and, I've, and I've said, you know, you, look, you ain't got to look no further than we'll just use Pearl mm-hmm. as an example. Public works director, for instance. I'm going to go out on a limb here and guess that public works director worked their way through mm-hmm. the system, mm-hmm. learned the job. And I bet you if they if they stayed home today and could, didn't come back today or tomorrow, that the, the guy under them knows how to do that job minus a few leadership things. Well, in the military, Clay, we don't hire generals. We train privates. Yeah. And then privates matriculate themselves up to the system, and we, and we train lieutenants. You don't go hire a general and stick him in, in front of an army. No, no. He's come up through the ranks, yes. and he knows it. And that's what we have to get back to, not just in Jackson, because there are those kinds of failures all across the state. Sure. They just don't get illuminated like the Jackson situation does. So in the utility space, that's why one of the things that we want to do is our goal in this first four years is to reach out to 10,000 young people across the state and connect them with utility jobs because those are stick-and-stay jobs that AI cannot replace, and there are too many people from outside Mississippi filling those jobs right now. When you go see the broadband get installed, mm-hmm. who's doing it? Out of state. Out of state folks. Yep. Right? Or, you know, nothing against people from other countries and places because they're hardworking folks. Sure. But we got folks that have been here for generations that are not connected. And one of my things on the Public Service Commission is to reconnect our young folks to these jobs that are good paying jobs. Utility jobs are things that AI oh. can't replace. See how much these linemen make. Somebody got to climb that light pole. Somebody got to go and dig in that ditch, and they make good money doing it. I mean, I mean, after five years, you, you're you talking almost $100,000. you have a plan for that? Most definitely. All right, I, want, I want to hear that. Okay. Uh, but, hey, real quick, I mentioned that we had some weather today. <clears throat> I think we're a three out of five on the on the severe weather uh, scale today, we're at a three in central Mississippi. This evening, late afternoon, got a good chance for hail, 
tornadoes, strong winds. Get your plan together. Get your storm plan together. Keep your phones charged. Mm-hmm. Your devices charged. Make sure you got some batteries for your weather radios or something along those lines. Uh, pull your cars inside if you have the ability to. And if you're in the Rankin County area, and I'm sure they ain't turning nobody away, there is a tornado safe room right there on Marquette Road. So if you live in a mobile home or anything like that and you uh, see it feels like it's going to get bad, uh, you're welcome to the Marquette Road Tornado Safe Room. That's right over there by the Brandon Amphitheater. I am a weather nerd a bit. Well, not mm-hmm. so much a weather nerd. I, the weather's the one thing that scares me. Oh, I was, uh, nature always wins. Yeah. So but, you got to make sure you're on the right side of nature. Uh, it, it, weather, bad weather and Jackson gas stations. Two things that scare me. Let's take a break with the Keith or Stamps. We'll be right back. Welcome back into the Clay Edwards Show here with the Keith or Stamps on 103.9 FM WYAB. This segment is going to be brought to you by my friends out at Reliable Rental Equipment right there in Jackson, another great locally owned business. You can check them out online at Reliable Rental Equipment MS. Dot com Guys, they got the air tow trailers. I've been mm-hmm. talking about these a lot. They're the exclusive dealer here in the southeast. You can't run over to Alabama and get one. You can't run down to Louisiana and get one. Mm-hmm. If you want an air tow, you got to get it from right here in central Miss in Jackson, right there on Meadowbrook Road from Reliable Rental Equipment. Also, man, look, they are your home for, you know they got all the heavy equipment. I ain't got to keep preaching all this heavy equipment to you. If you need it, they got it. But you can also rent golf carts, side-by-sides, zero-turn X-mark mowers. Mm-hmm. Need a rollback dumpster? They got it. You need a crew to clean up that spot and fill that dumpster up? They can provide the crew as well. You just rented a bulldozer? Thought you might know how to use it, but you don't? <laughs> they can provide uh, someone to come out and help operate that thing, too, mm-hmm. at daily rates. So check them out today, ReliableRentalEquipmentMS.com. You know, it's getting dark earlier. You may have a project you need to work on past 5 o'clock. They have the Taylor Outdoor Power Solutions, lighting solutions, gas-powered outdoor lighting. They got it all right there in Jackson. Somebody that reinvested back into the city with a brand-new building, nice facility, mm-hmm. right there on Meadowbrook Road across from the old Meadowbrook movie theater from my old-school mm-hmm. Jacksonians. You'll know right where they're at. Mm-hmm. So uh, check them out, ReliableRentalEquipmentMS.com. To Keith or Stamps, our mm-hmm. new Central Mississippi Public Service Commissioner, when do you take over? Uh, January. January? Yep. I'm looking forward to it. Can't wait. Yep. Man, that's a good, uh, I was telling you off air, there's some good folks over there in that oh, yeah. office. It is. You know, shout out to all of them. They're, I know they're, they're fans of the show. So we, we appreciate them. Um, I look forward to working with them. You know, several of them don't even have to clean the desk out. It's <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, when you know you've done your job well. Right. You know, that's, that's good stuff there. Um, uh, before we went to the break, we mm-hmm. talked about trying to keep people in the state these 10,000 10, jobs. That's right. And, man, I, I love that. I'm, I'm a big fan of trying to keep our brightest here, mm-hmm. and especially our brightest that maybe didn't go to college. That's right. Because there's a lot of good folks. College just ain't for them. I'm a huge fan of Votech and mm-hmm. vocational st- stuff right. and learning a skill. Because um, a lot of people think they're going to make a million dollars on the Internet and making TikTok videos, and that just ain't going to be how life works. That's right. Somebody's got to get out and learn to use their hands. That's right. For something other than just fighting. (laughs) Our goal for the first four years is connect 10,000 young people to utility jobs. And they're they're out there. Those young folks are out there um, at every level, whether you're working for a water utility, Mm -hmm. whether you're working for an electrical cooperative or electrical company. There are jobs out there that our folks need to be 
capitalizing on because you can stick and stay in a utility job for your whole life. Yeah, you're talking about good, good, good benefits, All good pay, it. the whole nine yards. All of it. So, how do you plan on getting this thing? So we'll go to every, I'm gonna be at every high school. Yeah, we're gonna stick right in the in the belly of it, and we're gonna bring the awareness because a lot of it's about awareness. When young folks know the opportunities that are out there, then they think about it a little bit. You talk to their parents and say, "Hey, would you like your child making, you know, between fifty and a hundred thousand dollars a year, you know, without a college degree?" Some parents don't even know to steer their children to the utility space because it's just something that you do just take for granted. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to be a conduit to advocate, to educate folks on that. But more importantly, we're going to provide better service because we know what a failed utility looks like. We know what it's like to run a a struggling utility. So when I walk into a utility, I know exactly what I'm looking at. Beyond the, the polish because the commission is here, I know exactly what right looks like, what wrong looks like. Uh, beyond the polish. And so we're going to govern better and, and more aggressively than has been before. And we're going to put some solutions, not just in Jackson, but all over the Central District, that um, that people have to perform better. The service has got to be reliable. The lights going out for a couple of weeks is unacceptable. Yeah, and we're going into this. You know, you keep hearing about these uh, blackouts, these rolling blackouts. Mm-hmm. And we, we've been somewhat fortunate here in Mississippi not to necessarily have the rolling blackouts due to gas shortages or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. But it got a lot of stuff trying to go solar, and I'm not a fan mm-hmm. at all. You know, so it's going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out. I do know there is a huge solar farm out there in Scott County that pays really, really well, but that does not fall under the public. Solar does not fall under Public Service Commissioner yet, right? Well, you know. Um, There's some the debate pro- about this. The, project- the, pro- the production of energy is important. And how you do it, it's a loosely weaved process that we have to lean forward and really identify what's good and what's bad. Because in every industry, whether it be nuclear, gas, solar, or how we produce energy, there's good and bad ways to do it. So I'm a big proponent of building another nuclear power plant. I was just going to say the same thing. Nuclear is a dirty word for some reason, but it is the cleanest energy and cheapest energy that we can possibly produce, is so, the way I understand it. So that's what you know, those are some of my priorities. I'm not saying I'm against solar, but I'm for um, meeting the, the demands that are out there because a lot of my opposition I got was because I've been challenging some of Washington, D.C.'s policies. No one's answering the question, well, how are we going to produce this power? If you force everybody to get electric vehicles and do all these things, well, where's this power going to come from? How are we going to meet those demands and that's being pushed down from D.C.? Had the same conversation with my girlfriend over the weekend. Right. Talking about, talking about electric cars and all that. So it's like, well, if everybody switched to electric today, the country would shut down. Oh, most definitely. So we have to um, not necessarily fight that, but prepare for that movement because people are doing it. And just on a personal note, the human cost of those batteries is a lot. As a black man, I don't, you know, the, the slavery type conditions that people are enduring in Africa to produce that battery doesn't necessarily make me want to go buy an electric car. And I'm not, I'm not against electric cars. Or those folks who have them, that's great. But just for me, I'm just trying to prepare Mississippi to, to meet the demands of, of having those. I got sent a great meme last night. Mm-hmm. And I'll just kind of show it to you here. I know you can see it, but it says it's got a bunch of like blue collar, hard work, like mm-hmm. oil field looking guys in the top half of it. It says, these men produce oil from my diesel truck. 
Mm-hmm. On the bottom, it's got some kids in a third world country, and it says these children produce the lithium for your electric car. You know that's where the, that's where all that stuff comes from. We're basically basically child child slavery in these foreign countries, these third world countries that produces lithium, and for a country that like America that is so anti all these child abuse and slavery and all this stuff, we don't have any problem uh, getting ourselves, whether it's our cell phones, but dang, there's no reason to do this with our cars. There's got to be regrets. Yeah. With, with any industry you got, you definitely got problems. Um, and on the Mississippi side, if folks in Mississippi are struggling to pay for a $200 battery, how will you pay for a $10,000 battery? You don't, you know, so, um, we just have work to do. Yeah. I worked at Toyota for a while and with the Priuses and all that stuff. People would come in uh, and their, their car would need a battery. Well, the car was not as worth worth as much as the battery. And here they are with a car they owe $10,000 on that's not worth $1,000 because it needs a $10,000 battery. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's worth, it's worth negative amount. And, you know, these are people who now they're stuck with a car note. And this is the stuff people don't look at. Now you're stuck with a car note for however many years for a car that is a paperweight. Yeah. Or you got to invest $10,000 more into a car to just never get out from under the sun. You know, so for me, like I said, I'm not necessarily against electric vehicles and all mm-hmm. that. I'm for all that. But we need to do it better. And yeah. the best way to do it on my side is to help build a nuclear power plant so that we can produce the power necessary to let people make their own personal decisions. If you want an electric car, fine. But I got to produce the power so that you can have reliable power. So that, so that when you put so much, uh, you plug so much stuff in, the grid gets so unreliable that it turns to fail. And that's the situation that we're seeing down the road is that the demand is increasing, but the production is not increasing to meet the demand. So we must produce more power to meet the demand. And that's where I am on, on that, just producing enough power to do it. Well, I'm just 100% in, in favor of energy independence. Oh, most definitely. Whether it's, Gas for our vehicles, or nuclear for our power. You know, Mississippi, America, obviously, but Mississippi affects me the most. Mississippi needs to become as energy dependent, independent as it possibly can. We need to produce more. I'm all, yeah. I'm all for producing more power. I got a couple text messages here. Uh, Woodrow says molten salt nuclear plants. Is that something you're familiar with? Yeah, I've looked at some of that technology, but we'll let the experts kind of guide us in this process. Gotcha. Uh, Spartacus says, congratulations on your win as Commissioner Mr. Stamps, but we really need you as Mayor Jackson. <laughs> hey, look, I, I think we may, uh, Commissioner Stamps has got a higher calling right now. Well, I, I want to make it so that no matter who the mayor is and beyond this federal government issue, that we can move beyond dealing with water and sewer problems. Yeah, Let's get the base, let's get the toilets working all across the state because there are folks in the Delta who still have an outhouse. Yeah. So it's not just isolated to Jackson about these sewer issues. So we got work to do all over the state of Mississippi. And you told me during the break, this ain't a stepping stone thing for you either. This is, this oh, is, I'm gonna be right this here. Is, yeah, this, I'm, is, this is you for the duration. Because the changes we want to make, we, we want to eliminate all third world conditions in the state of Mississippi over the course of the next 12 to 16 years. It's going to take real time, real work to work with utility providers and be the conduit for the Capitol, the governor's mansion, Washington, D.C., the White House, to work through all those issues to get the resources necessary to ensure that everybody in Mississippi has a toilet. Do you know that everybody in Mississippi don't even have a toilet? Absolutely. Today in 2023? Yeah. 
you know, in their house. You know, so we got work to do and it's going to take more. I know a lot of folks want me to run for different things, but me, we looked at this thing 10 years ago and we put a plan together to run for public service commission. So it's not like I just made this crap up. We walked through our plan and now we're at the point of 10 years of work has come to what people call an overnight success. But this is 10 years with a grind of dealing with, we had to come up through the rough side of the mountain. Yeah. You know, we came up through Hines County politics and through state politics. And so we are here and now we can do what we feel is the greatest work of my life is utilities across state of Mississippi. I love the passion. We got to Keith or stamps, your new central district public service commissioner here in Mississippi with us for a whole nother hour. Hour two, we're going to get into some uh, some some fun stuff. We're going to yeah. hear some uh, some old war stories, <laughs> okay. as we'll call it, some old South Jackson, maybe some uh, Mar- it was Marine One, right? Yeah, flew on Marine One with Bill Clinton for two years. Uh, Clinton and Bush, four years. Four. So we got some interesting stories. We got to keep their stance. We'll be right back to close out hour one and uh, hour two. We're going to have some fun on the Clay Edwards Show. Welcome back into. The Clay Edwards Show. We've got about a minute or two left in this first hour. Let's uh, we got to Keith or Stamps here in the studio. I'll skip an ad read and see if we got any text messages for you guys. Let me see here. Pull up my Guns and Gear text line. Uh, Bobcat says, Commissioner Elect. Okay, yeah, my bad. Commissioner Elect to Keith or Stamps. So thank you for the for the clarification there. Also, Jim chimed in, said, I, d- I didn't vote for Mr. Stanton, but I'm liking what I'm hearing. Bury the power lines. Uh, how do you, is that just something you just got to start, right? It's kind of like, it's kind of like replacing the water lines, the water pipes in Jackson. You just got to pick somewhere to start. You got to prioritize. That's an expensive investment, but I'm, I'm, I agree with you. Buried power lines um, make your system resilient, but it's a daunting task. You look at all the things we have to do. So those neighborhoods that could afford to be, to be built like that from the beginning is is the best way to do that. And um, no one really looks at the underground piece. When you look at our utilities that are happening underground, like in Jackson and all across the state, these utility companies are boring holes all underground, but we don't really pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. And it, they're not talking to each other. Um, there are sewer lines across the state who are being evaded by – broadband or by, or by other um, companies who are running basic cable and things like that. So there needs to be better coordination. Well, yeah, you would um, definitely think, I'm sure there's some blueprints somewhere. It's like we need to run parallel with this, you know, run, run all this together in one fell swoop. Seems like everybody could save some money too if they work together and not against each other. Right. So you so. just take a little, a little work to coordinate that and, um, and help us make utilities better. All right, we got to Keith or Stamps. He's commissioner elect, public service commissioner elect here in the central district. We got a whole nother hour to go with to Keith. If you got any questions, the Guns and Gear text line 769 241 1944. We'll be right back in seven minutes on WYAB. All right, you've tuned back in. It's hour two of The Realist Show on the radio, your daily dose of reality radio. This is The Clay Edwards Show here on 103.9 FM WYAB. Guys, we got a weather alert day. That means you could possibly end up with some damage on your roof tonight with strong winds, hail, and more potentially 
coming through. And if it does, if you think you get any damage, you need to get in touch with Watkins Construction and Roofing and let them come out and do a complimentary roof assessment. I mean, look, if your car's got hail damage, your roof got it too. And uh, get up there, let them check everything out, see if you have any leaks, any damage. They'll work with your insurance company the entire way, whether it's uh, repair or replacement. Watkins Construction and Roofing is going to get you taken care of. They've got over five, 962 five-star Google reviews. You can go to WatkinsConstructionInc.com, read some of their reviews, and just keep them in mind. Keep them in mind. They're going to be professional and overwhelmingly in the in the majority of these five-star reviews, the one thing people keep going back to is how professional they were and how they stay in constant communication with you throughout the whole process. That's WatkinsConstructionInc.com. Get in touch with them today or tomorrow after these storms come through for your complimentary roof assessment. They are locally owned right here in central Mississippi. All right, I'm here in the studio with DeKeither Stamps. He is our public service commissioner-elect coming in starting in January and uh, we've just been kind of going at it uh talking about some of his plans to get the, we got a couple of texts during the mm-hmm. break there and uh I think we've hit a uh hit, hit a good spot with some folks uh somebody said on the guns and gear text line love the conversation y'all were having earlier about getting younger people into the utility jobs mm-hmm. I'm 27 and have never been to college making close to seventy thousand dollars a year with full benefits and also getting steady raises, college is definitely not the only option. Correct. And this is the person we're talking to. This right. is the kind of person we're talking to right but here. Somebody reached out to him to connect him to an opportunity. Yeah. We have so many disconnected folks um, that we need to connect with utility space opportunities. Oh. And one of other groups, not just young people, is veterans. The greatest generation was manufactured because of effective government policy. You had the VA home purchase, you had the GI Bill, you had every level of government saying hire a vet, you had private industry saying hiring veterans. Now, I believe that right now, today, we have the greatest military generation ever in American history because they've been at, well, I got friends who have 15 and 16 deployments. We've never asked any generation to do this, this long. That's a great point. You know what I mean? So I believe that I want to use part of this energy space to challenge these companies to hire more veterans and to subcontract with more veteran-owned businesses and hopefully get the governor to sign off on doing this across the whole state because we got veterans that are coming back and they need opportunities. They need to be connected with uh, business opportunities and jobs. So, you know, one of my you know young folks and veterans is, is my bread and butter. And, um, and we're going to work hard to do what we can do in the utility space to rebuild what I consider the next greatest generation. Yeah. Every vet, every combat vet especially, shouldn't come back and think police is the only job for them. (laughs) Right. You know, I mean, God bless them. I love the ones that do. But they should feel like they have other options available. And uh, let's see. Because it's not transferable. If you, like like me, if you are a, a, a ground fighter, they don't really have a civilian job for a sniper. Yeah. Other than in police. Yeah. But there's not enough of those positions available. They don't have a ground job for a tank operator. Yeah. But a guy who grew up and went through the military, you know, driving tanks, he can come back and climb a light pole. Sure. Yeah. Or, you know, heavy equipment, stuff right. of stuff of that nature. Right. Let's see here. David chimes in on the guns in your text line. 
says, how many commissioners are there in Mississippi? It's three, right? Correct. He goes, I, I know you stated Mr. Stamps is the newly elected Central Mississippian Commissioner. What other areas fall in his district? Uh, what, what plans and timelines does Mr. Stamp have that are different from the former commissioner? Okay. So we bring a broader set of experiences and relationships um, across our whole lifetime of work. So we have local government experience, state government experience, federal government experience, and global experience brought right into the Public Service Commission. Now, the district consists of 22 counties across the Central District of Mississippi, and there are three commissioners. You have a northern, a central, and a southern district commissioner, and each one have their portion of the state that they specialize in. Ours is the central district, which basically goes from Meridian to Vicksburg, down to Jefferson County, and up to Bolivar County, those central 22 counties across the state of Mississippi. And we are working with all the utility providers that are under our purview to provide better service. And what we want to do is challenge them on how many Mississippians they're hiring, but more importantly, how many veterans they're hiring so that we can stabilize our communities. You want to have stable communities? Put a veteran on your street that's a utility worker. Crime will reduce. Put two of them on your street, and you'll see what happens as we rebuild our communities with these veterans that are coming home. Because veterans don't mind moving to places that may have high crime. They don't care. Yeah. Because I got I can guard my, my area. Been in the sandbox. They can right. Come back over here. You know, so we can use this space to do what I said was done in the, in the greatest generation. We can use effective government policy to manufacture the next greatest generation of military veterans. I like that. I like that. Can, it, now I don't need it. Is it legal to to offer uh, some type of incentive for the public for these utilities to hire veterans? This is what I say as a leader. I say this is the direction we're going in, and then it's their job to figure out what that is. Gotcha. I just say I can't require you. I said this is what I want to see, and I'm gonna ask you about it at every meeting. You come before us asking for a rate increase or whatever you're asking for. The first question I'm going to ask is, well, how many veterans have you hired since you've been here before? And I can just challenge folks to move this forward, and I can work with other elected officials. That's the problem in Mississippi. Mississippi has a leadership problem, black and white, Yeah, that we must invade the system and put some leadership in place to guide the state through this murky place that we're in. We can't just stay in this little murky spot. We have to move through this, and it's going to take veterans at every level. I, I encourage all veterans to run for office. Because we got too many failed civilians that's in politics. So veterans out there, continue to serve. You can put your gun down, not pick up your gun pen like every other veteran has done. When we elected George Washington, we didn't just elect a former general. We elected a president who in turn had mayors and supervisors all over this gun country. After the Civil War, the veterans rebuilt the country. After World War II, the veterans rebuilt it. So now I'm asking all our veterans to just invade the system and take it over because before these civilians take us in a place that we don't want to be. And I think that's what we are. We're there. We're there. We're there. We're, we're, we're in the place here. we don't want to be. And I, I tell you, I, I think it should, well, I don't want to say it should be a requirement to have to be a veteran to run for all of us. That wouldn't be constitutionally fair. But man, when you get the people who bring that discipline. That's right. Back from the, from being a veteran, that's just, you don't learn that. Well, see, even, even in my race, you don't learn that kind of discipline without the, 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 the booster cables got put on our race. When environmental groups put a quarter million dollars into my opponent's race, all my veterans turned around and said, oh, this is not about winning the election anymore. This is safeguarding the republic. 
They're trying to buy an election. <laughs> so, so the tone of our whole campaign changed when those ads and TV stuff went out, when we found out where the money was coming from. Now it went from winning a public service commission race, because that's all we were doing. We were just campaigning on winning a public service commission. We took it as an invasion and folks trying to threaten the republic. And so you ignite inside of me and our whole group a whole different animal. And people say, well, how did we win an election with $40,000, $44,000 and they had a half a million? It's because you ignited <laughs> a whole different motivation. For, for, for this, I will, I will die so, for the republic. So we talk about the Uniparty a lot, but <laughs> there you have, um, obviously, environmentalists or D.C. Democrats right. pumping money into a Republican candidate in Mississippi. Right. Yeah, that, that, that's a problem. <laughs> it's a problem. You know? <laughs> you know, so for me, that changed the race. Yeah. Because in my, in my marine mind, now it's back to guard the republic. Not just, hey, we want to make sure have folks have clean water and sewer. It changed the whole race because you were tapping into a whole different motivation for me. Sure. <laughs> well, you got out there and you did it. What's up? Hey, God and good people can do any daggum thing. Absolutely. Let's hear it, man. We got, we, got a bunch, we got people fired up. I didn't know we'd get so many questions for, on public service commission or stuff, but I'm, I'm glad we are. I, I like people being fired up. Um, unknown texture on the Guns and Gear text line says, what is your plan for EMP? I don't know what that means, personally. Electromagnetic pulse. Okay. All right, so elect- just for those who don't know, electromagnetic pulse is a, it's a military style of where you wipe out electrical systems because of the type of device that is used to... Oh, an EMP, a, a weapon. A weapon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay, yeah. I, I got you, I yeah. got you. And so, you know, now you're talking to a guy who's a doomsday prepper. Yeah. Like, I'm the guy that has, you know, everything I need at my house to survive. We got gardens, we got tractors, we got guns, we got everything we need. So um, I just think that the average citizen needs to be more resilient. You need to have more than, you know, a a week's worth of food in your house. I think that we need to be able to be self-sustaining. And I'm not saying everybody should be extreme like me when it comes to the doomsday prepper. But you need to be more resilient than you are, carry yourself better, and be able to function off-grid if necessary until the grid is restabilized. Is there a way to to, pro- to EMP-proof the system? It, it, that's, that's, a, that's a big stretch. But what we can do is govern. Or make it more resilient to an EMP? Well, domestic terrorism is one of our huge threats. And the utility grids, water, sewer, electrical, natural gas, all that, is vulnerable to domestic terrorism threats and we have to do a better job of safeguarding the whole system at the local at the low level and the high level now well, they was, ride by any substation right now there's not a security guard at them right you know somebody wanted to blow one up i'm not trying to give anybody any ideas here i'm just saying talk about soft targets our substations right. are soft targets i agree so we have to work on that uh, agreed all right let's do this let's take a break okay. come back with DeKeither Stamps, he's our public service commissioner-elect here in the Central District. Uh, I've been teasing it the whole time. I want to jump into it. I want to hear about uh, his experience in the Marines okay, and uh, how he brings that back to being public service commissioner. Mm-hmm. This is the Clay Edwards Show with DeKeither Stamps right here on 103.9 FM WYAB. Welcome back into. The Clay Edwards Show. This segment is going to be brought to you by our friends down at 
Mercy House Teen Challenge Auto Center right there in Crystal Springs. Guys, has your credit hit a bump in the road? Or are you looking for a cash car? Either way, they got you covered at Mercy House Auto Center down in Crystal Springs, Mississippi. And it's also affiliated with Mercy House Teen Challenge. So the money that, you're, that you spend there is going to help beat addiction and put fathers back in homes, mm-hmm. something that's very important mm-hmm. to all of us, whether you realize it or not. Uh, fathers in homes, I have to say anymore. I mean, that's what this whole platform built about is mm-hmm. responsibility and fathers being in homes and all that stuff. So you can help support that by buying a car from Mercy House Auto Center. And hey, look, do you have an old clunker? Running or not, you just need to get rid of sitting on your property. If you got a clean title, donate it to Mercy House Auto Center. They'll come, they'll pick it up, and you ain't just giving a car away for free. You'll get the tax write off mm-hmm. for the thing for what they sell it for. So once they recon it, get it ready to sell, you know that amount is obviously going to be worth more than probably what you could have sold it for. Mm-hmm. So uh, take advantage of that. MercyHouseAutoCenter dot com. All right, we got DeKeither Stamps here in the studio with us, and uh, we got a bunch of questions from you guys. We'll circle back to those here in a minute. Uh, I can't have DeKeither on here and not talk about his time in the from Forest Hill to riding a Marine One with George Bush and Bill Clinton for a few years. That's mm-hmm. just a cool story. Not a but a handful of people can say they've done that. How did mm-hmm. uh, tell people how you got to that point and kind of how all that went? So in the eighth grade, um, Bush's father. Came to Jackson. I was in the ROTC at Sidewell, and we had to hold the flags behind the president when he gave, or at the time, you know, when he gave his talk. And I saw the cool guys with the earpieces in the ears and all that. I was like, I'm going to do that. I went home that day, and I told my dad, I said, I'm not going to college. I'm joining the Marine Corps. And so he was like, shut up, you're in the eighth grade. You're going to all corps, and you're going to be a farmer. (laughs) (laughs) And so um, in the ninth grade, I signed up for ROTC again. I called a recruiter up, and he's like, well, son, you're too young. So in the 10th grade, I called him. The 11th grade, I called him. And he came by the house, and my dad's like, I'm not going to sign a paper for my son to go join the Marine Corps. So when I turned 18, I went to school that day, and I told my buddy, I said, hey, man, I'm skipping school today. I got my birth certificate and my social security card out of my daddy's drawer, and I'm going to go join the Marine Corps. I want to say one thing real quick. It's amazing how one moment yeah. can change your entire course of your life. Whole life. For one way or another, at such an early age, you saw that, and you're like, there was That's an aha moment. That's awesome. And so I go sign up open contract, and this is where I can't get, get God out of my life because I didn't even know what job I had to do. I just knew that those guys were Marines. Yeah. And so um, I signed up open contract, and, he, and I got selected to be a military policeman. And military police is the job that that duty pulls from. So when I was in military police school at Fort McClellan, Alabama, the, the search team came around recruiting people for that. And so they came in, and they gave us a little briefing, and they said, well, who wants to join? I'm like, y'all here to get me. Yeah, <laughs> And so I went through the, the process, and out of about 300 folks who were in the school that time, they selected three of us, and the three of us went to D.C. I went to Quantico first. Uh, one, of, one of the guys wound up um, not being able to do it. He said it was too hard. Um, and the other lady, Carolyn Norris, she was successful, and I was successful, and I spent, you know, four years Flying around on Marine One, so when the helicopter land, you see the Marine out there. Um, that we did that. And what's what, the name of that position? Those are um, helicopter Marine Experimentation One, HMX One security guards. 
and um, they ride shoulder to shoulder with Air Force One folks. Uh, we work with them all the time. And it was just a cool experience because here I am growing up and learning Mississippi by way of Jackson and then graduating finally, you know, and moving on and um, and seeing people. But when you see government at that level and you see people running countries, they ain't no smarter than us. Mm-mm. But they're running whole the whole world, playing a global monopoly game. It's got delegate authority. Right. And then you turn around and say, well, hold on, man. They are just acting this Democrat-Republican thing to manipulate the masses of people. When they get behind closed doors, they're drinking beers and smoking cigars and doing business. And so when you learn it that way first, I had to come back to when I retired I had to come back to Mississippi to learn the Democrat-Republican, the race thing, because at that level, it's not even about that. Mm-mm. It's about getting stuff done. Well, they've made it more about that the last five, six years. Yeah, on the – well, they make it about that to the people. Yeah. But in the small keep us, circles – Keep of, us distracted. Keep us distracted. But while well, they take all the money. Yeah. <laughs> while they take all the resources. And their buddies take all the resources. Strip mining it. <laughs> right. So, you know, so that's why I can't really get tied into the whole – partisan thing because it's just a, how you manipulate the masses. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. But you have to run to something down here. I get it. Right. I understand how it works. But I, I since the day I've met you, I was like, I know he's got a D by his name, but he's not a, a D.C., not even a Jackson Democrat. You know, like you, you were DeKeither Stamps, you know. That's it. You know, we've talked about, uh, you, you brought it up during the break, that it's our generation. That's you know, right. the, Kind of the last generation with grit. That's right. And, you know, I just look at you, you're a man's man. You stand up for what's right. You fight for Jackson. You fight for the people you love. Um, I, I can't remember if it was the power outage or the ice storm or whatever. You, you guys ran duty doing doing neighborhood patrol right. and doing all this other stuff. And I was like, man, I'd learned a lot about you in a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I don't care about this. This ain't about politics. This is a man. That's right. That I, that I can, you know, and I think as men, we, we, we look up to other strong men That's right. and respect them. You know, if I respect you, I don't care about none of the other stuff. That's right. And just knowing what I know about you, you're a man I respect. Same same with you. I respect you, even though some issues, some people are like, why are you over there with Clay? I said, man, Clay is a South Jackson guy with grit. Yeah. You know, so peer-to-peer, you know, we just work through it. Yeah, look, man, at the end of the day, sometimes I have to talk the way I talk because I'm trying to get through to some knuckleheads. Well, me too. I got I to gotta put some sauce in the gum. I got to put some, you know, some sauce in it to make people, folks wake up sometimes too. So I understand it, but at the core, mm-hmm. It's always aimed at moving the state forward at the core. Absolutely. So any any one-off cool story you can think of flying with those presidents, anything crazy that you're allowed to say? Um, Just one of those moments where you're like, here, how did I get in this situation? We were in Caracas, Venezuela one night, and we stayed there for this couple nights. And Who were you with? Uh, well, I was just I was there. Okay. And there was a Secret Service guy who gets in the elevator, and the guy pulls a gun on him. And they both wind up unloading both their clips. Nobody shoots anybody. <laughs> All right. He wound up beating the stink out of the guy <laughs> with his pistol because he had more bullets. <laughs> and so we're in the hotel room and we all come running around. What the heck's going on up in here? <laughs> and here he is, bloody and exhausted, not from bullets. <laughs> From fighting. <laughs> From fighting in an elevator. <laughs> well, you got to be a great shot to both of you unload in an elevator and nobody shoot anybody. <laughs> That's good stuff, man. Yeah. All right. Let's take a break real quick. Come back with DeKeith or Stamps. I got some more of your questions. The Guns and Gear text line, 769-241-1940. 
44. I thought that segment was important because I wanted you guys to understand who DeKeither is beyond uh, your public service commissioner, right. beyond your state rep, and uh, let you know that we we got us a good one to, in, uh, in the office there. So let's make sure we support him. We'll be right back on the Clay Edwards Show. Welcome back into the Clay Edwards Show. Hey, guys. What's for lunch today at Burgers and Blues? You may be asking yourself. Well, I'm glad you asked. I have your answer right here at all three locations. That's right, all three. Madison, downtown Brandon, and Flowood is now open. I rode by the Flowood location the other day just to uh, put my eyeballs on it again now that it had opened, and it is rocking and rolling. We went by there Saturday afternoon, I believe it was. And let's see here. Today's plate lunch special is Monday. It's chicken, fried chicken, and hamburger steak. This is the blue plate. The sides are mashed potatoes, green beans, and potato salad. And, of course, their full menu is available. Actually, I, I got some to go from Burgers and Blues Saturday from the downtown Brandon location. I got a, a buffalo chicken wrap. It was fine. The girlfriend got the B&B burger, said it's the best burger she's ever eaten. Of course, their fries are great, too. You really can't go wrong. We all know Burgers, Blues, Barbecue has got the best hamburgers in the world. But the, the other stuff on the menu is well worth a, a checkout, too. Alex, I love the buffalo chicken wrap. And their cheese sticks are literally, the Keither, they're as big as my forearm. You can, you can order them individually because mm-hmm. a, a whole order of six, mm-hmm. it's a meal. Oh, It's more than a meal. So uh, check out Burgers, Blues, and Barbecue. And, of course, don't forget... They got you covered on all your catering needs this holiday season. It's uh, it's Thanksgiving. I don't know how much they got left, but give them a try. From five people to 5,000, they can get you covered at Burgers, Blues, Barbecue. They also have the two food trucks available. You got a special event coming up? Need a food truck for it? Don't feel like investing into all the catering? Uh, let them take all that off of you uh, based upon availability and all that stuff. But check out with them, BurgersBlues.com, BurgersBlues.com. And again, the Flowwood location at Dogwood is now open. All right, we got DeKeither Stamps, our public service commissioner elect here in central Mississippi. DeKeither, we got a little breaking news, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell us about it. Uh, it seems as though um, my former opponent is uh, wanting to go back and inspect ballot boxes all over the state of Mississippi and, and ruin the Thanksgiving of 22 circuit clerks and their staffs by lining up all of the precinct boxes and going through and inspect and now we got to go and hire folks to go watch them inspect so that nobody gets any sticky fingers in these daggone ballot boxes and uh, we're gonna work through it yeah i mean now i i thought this was the most well counted election you know race in the state already man i went to rankin county um the about the day or two after the election they have a well-oiled machine over there. I've watched it in, in action. And I've gone I've gone to all these while we were doing the counting piece. I was in Lauderdale and Madison and Hines County. Once the election is over, that process of counting, they danger close to being right. So I don't know where the heck you're going to get 2,000 votes from. I just stand with the 22 circuit clerks who signed their name and put their oath on, on their election. Now, of course, there were hiccups. Um the biggest hiccup was in Hines County, but that hurt me more than him. I was actually, I'm glad you brought that up. I, had my, I hadn't even looked at my notes since we started because right. we just got to rolling. Right. But I had that in my notes to ask you, what did you think about all that, man? It's unacceptable. Who, yeah. who does that fall on? Does that fall under Michael Watson or does that fall under the election commissioners? Election commissioners. They're That's what one, I thought, right. too. You know, um, 81 other counties got it right. And um, if he wants to use what hurt me the most, 
<laughs> in Hines County because in Hines County, I mean, we got a good cross section of folks across state, but specific. That's why Mayor Fisher in in Clinton endorsed us because we got relationships and God and good people are going to whoop Washington, D.C. God and good people are going to keep winning because that's our formula for victory. And that's how we took $44,000 to beat a half a million. I, I, look, I'm, I'm going to put my name on this. The Keith are stamped strong as death in Hines County. <laughs> right. I, I, you know, you you got to push all your chips in and bet on something. You bet on the Keith or stamps in Hines County. <laughs> we can we can do re, we can rerun the day. <laughs> yeah, the Keith there in Hines. I mean, you got too many people out there love you. You know, and I love them too. Your, your track record, your mm-hmm. resume. So mm-hmm. few politicians have a resume. Yours is consistent. You know, I mean, from from the city council to the House of Representatives to to now, yeah. you know, and I mean, you can't argue with it. Uh, so let me let's circle back to this, mm-hmm. and this is something I wanted to ask you. You're, you're, you've been a state rep the last what four years? Yeah, you're full term, right? Well, I did two and a half years. I was a partial term. Oh, it was part, a part, it was I missed something. one session. Got gotcha. you, but you were there for the this HB ten twenty stuff, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, the Capitol Police expanding all that. What do you what do you think the pushback was? On that, from what feels like the the Jackson delegation, and from and from the mayor, because I would just think like your average blue collar, hardworking Mississippian and Jacksonian would want to feel more safe. Would want to sit there and say, "Look, this Capitol Police stuff is working," and 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 all the media. When I say media reports, I'm talking about when they would interview people out on the streets. Mm-hmm. All those people seem to seem to want it, but it was like this little cluster. I refer to them as the free the land folks that were really really against it. And it just didn't quite make sense to me. I mean, why, why wouldn't you want to feel safe? Why wouldn't you want a more efficient court system? Well, me personally, I just think that there are some things that could have been done at the local level. If we'd have changed how Jackson was structured and governed, then you would have had a system of a police force that was built off of competency, and you would allow the police chief to be the chief yeah. and run the police department and not City Hall run the police department. And so... If we fix that, you're going to, to me, it makes folks more safe to have more police on the streets. But the better use of the resources, the state put a lot of money into this. And the state could have done something else with that money if we had better operation and, and changed the form of government for Jackson. That goes we, back to having a city manager. To having a city manager, right. Yeah. If, we, if we take that solution, it saves the state money and provides better government for the city. So, And we take the state money and put it into housing. Because the biggest problem with Jackson is you have systems in place that were built for a certain population, and we're way below that. So we have to go all in on building housing at every level. We need multifamily housing. We need uh, high-rises. We need all forms of housing, senior housing, rich folks housing, poor folks housing. Nobody wants to talk about low-income housing. We need all of it. Is there is there a uh, zoning issue in place in Jackson for trailer parks? Oh, yeah, you, you, they, they outlawed that years ago. Because it would seem like, I mean, there's some really nice trailers now that you could go back and look at this again and say, all right, hey, these newer ones, you know, have some, have some, you know, some minimum standards here. You could have some nice trailer parks. I don't even like calling them trailers anymore. Mobile home parks, you know, especially out in areas that are kind of rural but still in Jackson. It would seem like a quick fix. Um, I, I don't know if we I'm not here to advocating for yeah. trailers. I'm just saying – uh, they seem to be doing well over in certain areas in Rankin County. Well, I just want I just I just think that for a state, yeah, Alabama has figured out how to grow their population. 
Louisiana has figured out how to grow their population. Tennessee's growing their population. We were the only red state with declining population. Well, yeah, that didn't gain in population during during the great COVID migration. Right, but even they Trump, moved around us. They didn't right. move here. So somehow income tax. So, well, part I'm, of it. I'm a proponent of that too, but somehow Tennessee has figured out that it needs a Memphis and a Nashville. Louisiana has figured out that it needs a New Orleans for the state to grow. Mm-hmm. Georgia has an Atlanta. Texas has a Dallas. And a, we have to coalesce a half million people within a 10-mile circle in order to compete for the future talent we need to keep our population. And we're going to get over some race stuff, some party stuff, and get to some stuff stuff and to grow this population because the state's going to go down the toilet if we don't get our population up and start growing it. And that's the number well, one indicator. The, the country is. The this, country. this is a big issue right now. Right. We're not having enough kids. That's right. You know, especially, quote, unquote, smart people, you know, higher income people aren't having kids. Right. We, we have to grow our population amidst every other state around us growing their population. And so we have to work hard to do that. It's going to take us getting over some other historical issues to, to do what we need to agree on. You know, I've been saying this last election cycle, uh, especially for the the House and the Senate and Mm -hmm. some of that stuff, I said, man, I don't want to see another postcard with a picture of your family, where you go to church, that you're you're more pro-life than the next guy, and I'm referring to the Republican side here. You're more pro-life. You're more pro-2A than the next guy. You love Jesus X amount more than the other guy. I want to know what the hell you're going to do. That's right. If you have an R by your name, I'm just going to assume safely that the qualifications for that are you're pro two way, pro first amendment, and you're pro pro life. I don't I mean, know. I, I was so I, what I, else do you do? I went against a, a Republican in name only too now. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, I wonder what are you gonna do for us? And and tell me your mission, uh-huh. your day one your day one itinerary, you, you know, and that's what I want to hear. And I'll give a I'll give Brandon Presley this on the statewide level. He he did talk about things he wanted to do day one. Whether I agreed with his his agenda or not, yeah. I respected the fact that it, he had a plan. Yeah. You know, now he was going to find out that it works a different way once he got down there. But at least he had a plan, and he was right. he, he told you what that plan was, like it or not. He stood on his stick. Yeah, yeah. And our plan is real simple. We're going to take the God and good people that brought us in office, and we're going to make sure that their children, whether you voted for me or not, mm-hmm. your children have an opportunity to be in the utility space, having a daggum job or a business. And if you're a veteran, you're definitely going to have an opportunity to have a job or a business in the Central District. And that's, that's our focus. We're going to focus on building this thing for the long term. And, um, and, you know, it's just too many veterans out there in a bad spot when this space could provide the resources to help them rebuild their life for the future. Absolutely. Uh, Jerry on the Guns of Your Text line says, I agree with him. Telltale sign if he is a man is if he endorses another strong man. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's exactly what we were talking about. Uh, I'm on the guns and gear text line here, just kind of running down, catching up on a couple texts here. Uh, question, unknown texture. Why did the Southeast power generators move to dispatch by MISO? Does that sound familiar? MISO. MISO, and are the sufficient generators in our area to cover our state should the grid have issues? Well, we need to generate more power. You know, um, the MISO, for those who don't know, is a everywhere from Canada all the way down to Louisiana are part of a 
exchange of power. They produce and we produce power. It's kind of like, we got extra. You can buy this from right, us. Or- you know, so that's a, an agreement that's put in place. Um, and I'm not saying that we should disconnect from ISO at all. I'm saying that we have uh, the electric cooperatives of Mississippi. We have several utility generating agencies out there. We need to produce more power in Mississippi. And that's a long conversation, but I'll, but I'll make sure I do a separate video and put it online because the answer to that question is longer than your segment you got for me. Tell people how to find you online. You can go to uh, on Facebook. When you when you Google Dakeitha Stamps, you just get me. I don't know what kind of medicine they gave my mama in the hospital, <laughs> but all she came up with was Dakeitha. And when you Google that, you just get me. I'm the only one on the whole Google. I did it last night. Right. And it's the first. I mean, you own the top page on Google. Like your, 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 your mama could give people some uh, ad word, ad buy. <laughs> right. You know, word, so, ad word uh, stuff. So I'm like Dion. <laughs> you ain't hard to find. <laughs> no. All right, so one more question, kind of pulling it back to a little politics side mm-hmm. here. It says, why run as a Democrat? Why not as an independent if it's not about party? Just asking. I want to win. Yeah. That's the most honest thing I can get. That's it. I like Mar- the honesty. Marines fight to win. Yeah. And we looked at the playing field. I haven't seen a black man come out of a Republican primary in my lifetime in Mississippi at any level. Alderman, supervisor, yeah. <laughs> mayor, anywhere. Um, if they and if I'm wrong, y'all let me know. I'm yeah. sure y'all will. <laughs> but they, they let me um, and, know all the time. And on the Republican and on the Democratic side, we looked at the playing field and said, "Okay, it's gonna be we're gonna get beat up a little bit um, for some of our positions, but um, this is where we are gonna roll, and we're just gonna, you know, put this thing up because most folks really don't know why I got in politics, and, and, and also the independents rarely win. Right. I, most folks don't realize that I only got in politics because of JPD. I, was, I came back here in 2010, freshly retired, and I got pulled over for having, having an expired tag. I got my ticket, drove off, and then the same police officers pulled me over again for an expired tag. So the jarhead in me um, cussed them out, and then they turned took me to jail for disorderly like conduct. Like in the same, like, like five minutes. Wow. And then I go to court. Well, first of all, I go to my counsel person. I say, hey, something has to be did. Not done, but something got to be did yeah. when you got police officers pulling over me at 11 o'clock in the morning over an expired tag twice. There's got to be some more crime in Jackson than, than me. And so he didn't do anything. And then the police chief didn't do anything. And then the dadgum judge found me guilty of a crime. Now I'm sitting here with a top secret security clearance, you know, and now I'm guilty of a crime. So that's why I ran for office, because I was like, this council person needs to be replaced, the daggum chief, every daggum body. But when I got to running for office, I realized how screwed up everything else was. I never even went back to my issue. I've been <laughs> fighting these other crazy issues that these civilians have screwed up. So that's kind of how I got in this whole game in the first place. Look, I mean, I'm all for giving people that, that first ticket. Right, <laughs> hey, your tag's expired, or at least what's the excuse? All right, go ahead and get your tag today, yada, yada, yada. But to pull over... Somebody a couple miles down the road and give them the second another ticket. You just messing with somebody at that right. point, <laughs> right? So that, I mean, and I'm a military police officer. My right. core function in, in the Marine Corps was military police. So I'm like, hold on, man. You know, so that's kind of how I got into politics. So folks who kind of want to get to know me or why I'm even in this ball game is because of an expired tag. And because um, <laughs> when I retired, I was just I was just traveling. Yeah. I just I retired. I was making good money. And I just traveled around, and I came home not even thinking about, oh, man, my tag's expired. Yeah. So. Uh, Jerry texts back in again real quick, said, I, I had the same experience with JPD 20 years ago. Wow. So you just never know. Yeah. 
All right, let's take a break, come back, land the plane for the day. we okay. got to keep their stamps here in the studio with us, having a good time. It's always these long-form conversations where it's like you start getting hot at the end of hours. Right. Like, I see one of those Joe Rogan podcasts for three hours. It's like you just got the ice completely broken. But we're going to come back, we're going to land the plane, and uh, keep this day rolling right here on WYAB. Welcome back into the Clay Edwards Show. Hey guys, speaking of lunch, get out to the green, uh, my big, the big salad. <laughs> I was thinking green salad. Get out to the big salad right there in Dogwood today for all of your uh, lunch needs. They got sandwiches. They got salads, of course. They got all different types of specialty salads, specialty subs, and they too are offering catering. And they're also available for delivery from Take a Break delivery so be sure to check them out today or if you're in dogwood stop by in person they're right next to the mm-hmm. cookie store and it's going to be tempting to not walk into the cookie store because mm-hmm. we all love the sugar cookie mm-hmm. i may have partaken in one over the weekend i can't mm-hmm. confirm or deny mm-hmm. but a big salad's right there next door make the choice make the healthy choice go in the big salad get you something nice and uh, fresh enjoy it and if you can't make it over there stop by or have it delivered there from take a break deliveries you can look online and order from there at thebigsalad.com, thebigsalad.com. All right, got DeKeither in here for a, DeKeither Stamps in here for a couple more minutes. Uh, DeKeither, first off, thank you for coming in this morning, mm-hmm. coming in in person. It makes all the difference, not doing it over the phone, and sitting down and having a long-form conversation, mm-hmm. getting past the political buzzwords and all this, that, and the other. I think, uh, I think you made some, got some new fans out there today. <laughs> We all gonna a lot of positive texts from some of my very right-wing uh, followers. Well, you know, our, our, our little, what we call our Purple Coalition, is a, is a loosely stitched group of Democrats, Republicans, and white folks and black folks that just want to get stuff done. And so um, we, we work through it. Yeah, look, Jess is all, uh, one of our texters, Jess is already saying, to heck with Mississippi, go run for the White House. <laughs> so people like common sense, man. Right. I think that we don't have enough of that. We don't have enough straight shooters anymore. Right. Everybody's so scared of offending one single person that they don't want to, they just ride the fence too hard. I don't know how you're going to cancel a human. I'm a whole human. Yeah. Uh, okay, what? You cancel me. So what does that mean? You're going to kill me. Uh, they, they, <laughs> knock on, they've been trying to cancel me since I started this. I mean, you just got to get up and keep swinging. And oh, yeah. Your supporters will support you. All the time. They yeah. just showed it. You know, the like, silent majority. <laughs> the silent majority will always win. They, I promise you. They will. Because we got more grit than they do. Hey, I ain't screwed. <laughs> I ain't scared except of except for tornadoes and Jackson gas stations. <laughs> DeKeitha Stamps, thank you so much for coming, I in, brother. The time. Uh, good luck with all the, uh, the the stuff you have to deal with this week with the potential recount and all that. Have a great Thanksgiving. Appreciate what you're doing for Mississippi, and uh, we'll get you back in here after the holidays and see how everything shakes out once you uh, once you take an office. Well, I appreciate WYAB and everybody for having us on. Absolutely, I will see you guys tomorrow. This is the Clay Edwards Show. Thanks for listening. Tune in tomorrow at 7 a.m. as the Clay Edwards Show discusses all that is going on in and around the city of Jackson. This concludes our broadcast day. Right here on 103.9 WYAB.